Hello and welcome everyone to round 10 episode 1 of the Bootleggers Buzzcast. This is your host and editor, Coasty. We have three segments for you today, broken up into three topics that we're going to try to keep throughout each episode. So each episode going forward, you should have a segment by Himmel that discusses the past, a segment by Vio that discusses the present, and a segment by Kellyboy that addresses the future of bootleggers. We'll be doing the segments in that order going forward and for this episode as well. You'll notice that this episode and episodes after this one are going to be released in the podcast form. So this way you can listen to it anywhere you can find podcasts. With that in mind, we're going to go ahead and jump in the very first segment by Himmel and his co-host Jamesy as we dive deep into some of the most notorious crews in bootleggers history with Cliffy, Jamesy, Katie, Himmel, Goosey, and myself. Please keep in mind the first segment is 40 minutes long, so if you want to fast forward to the second or third segment, now you know how far to fast forward. So without further ado, I give you Himmel and Jamesy. Welcome to the Bootleggers Buzzcast. I'm Himmel, your host. We're here with Jamesy, my co-host. Hello. As well as Cliffy, Coasty. Hello. Hello. And Katie, who is underground right now. Hola. Uh, today we will be talking about notable crews, notorious crews in BL's history. I brought Cliffy on because he is a former member of Revelation, and I would like to hear a little of the backstory to Revelation. Cliffy? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, backstory. I think that we, we founded the crew in 2004. I think it was June 2004 by Born to Kill. He was the first original leader. We voted him out pretty soon because he <laughs> he didn't have the the mindset to run a crew like that. So the Pinto took over and eventually Kalito, who probably is the most known boss of, of Revelation. Definitely. Yeah, well, I don't know. Um, I don't know what to say. We, uh, I wouldn't say we dominated, but we, uh, we at least made a huge impact on bootleggers the first years uh, from 2005 and to, I don't know, 2008, nine perhaps. Sounds about right. You guys are probably the, I would say, the closest to TI in terms of the way you played the game. Yeah. What, yeah. Was, what was your reasoning yeah. for playing the way you did? We were here to have fun. Nothing else. We, we really didn't care about dying or anything like that. We, we were a group of friends and we were here to have fun. Exactly. And if we had to kill someone, we did so, but we always knew we had to be, we would die afterwards. And we did a lot of, I don't know, if, if we wanted to, to, to survive, we did a lot of stupid things like when we, <laughs> after a drunken night on, on, uh, on IRC, we, we finally, we found out, hey, you should ask the other crews to pay tribute to us. I it's, remember that. <laughs> it, it's a recipe for disaster, right? Mm-hmm. Um, That's what led to me leading my first crew, actually. When you yeah. guys did that, I was in the supremacy at the time. I was the recruiter, oh. and I ended up leaving because you guys were requiring gold for protection. And uh, <laughs> I joined some Arabs and started the resistance. Yeah. Well, it's up against Revelation. Oh, my God. It's a Hollywood blockbuster. It writes itself. That's actually news to me. I was also in the supremacy. Yeah, well, we, all of us, we, we knew what the out, 
outcome would be. We we knew or we assumed that uh, <laughs> at some point people would team up and, and fight back. And of course, if the rest of bootleggers turn against you, they will win. But we did it because it was fun. Well, we, we, we came out of that also. We, we survived somehow. So, but at one point in, in I, I don't remember exactly when, but I think it must have been around 2007 or so, we more or less controlled all the bullet factories in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the only one we didn't have either a cutout of or own ourselves would be the one that the Deadly Alliance owned. That makes sense. Yeah, they were pretty dominant at the time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably one of my favorite crews, the Deadly Alliance. Oh, definitely. And of course, uh, the game style back then, the, the crew that controlled the Bullet Factory also controlled the game in some way. For sure. Uh, not, not, not completely, because we had, we had competition, of course. I don't think Revelation would have worked today. Not that way. Um, because of the bullet melting and no, the car melting and everything. So not in this matter, yeah. So um, it was a fun time. A lot of great people, a lot of great players. I think the main reason we managed to do so well is, of course, our crew boss because he was. I, I would say he's probably one of the best crew bosses that have been. I loved Carlito. He was yeah, amazing. I talked to him the other day and. Uh, I took a screenshot of the, the crew profile and he was like, what the fuck? <laughs> Do I have to come back now? Yeah. He should come back. Yeah, yeah he, he wanted to, but uh, he works two jobs plus university, so yeah. Okay. You got to go see if you can find their old crew picture from, I think it was 2006 or 2005, where you guys put up um, how to wipe revelation for dummies or something like that after you guys got wiped like the fifth time in a week yeah yeah i remember the photo i think it was mikey who made those i am supposed to have all these old pictures on my external hard drive but i can't find them sadly we had a lot of pictures like that uh, how to wipe a crew for dummies or all kinds of <laughs> stupid things well, that was de- uh, definitely a crew i always looked up to which i guess kind of formed the basis for ti yeah, and I am like you said, TI is very much like Revelation. It, it's the first thing I noticed when I joined TI and this uh, or last round. It, it's very much the same. It's the same. We don't really care attitude. Exactly. Uh, and and uh, definitely, I guess the best thing I can say is it creates fear when somebody doesn't fear dying. Yeah, perhaps. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for talking to me about Revelation. On that note, though, I will say. That kind of opened my eyes to what a true crew really should be, seeing how quickly they always responded when attacked. And on top of that, the fact that they never let anyone die without revenge. It just kind of like set the basis of what I thought a real crew should be. You know what I mean? Because I was in crews before that where someone would die, they would get diplomatic about it, and they just didn't care. And that kind of not caring and getting wiped and just not giving a shit is really kind of what led to people respecting them so much, I think. Oh, absolutely. That's... So since we are live on the bus cast and we, we can't kill you this time, uh, Brandon, <laughs> I will disband the crew right now. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Oh, boy. I, I, I created it just for fun, so <laughs> it's time to let it go. Die. Yeah, well, at least you have the book now. Yeah, and that was the point. <laughs> if you ever get Carlito back, you can get it going again. There is gone. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. Other crews, notable, notorious in BL history, we have we have Costi here, so we're going to talk about 23rd right now. You already said a little bit about how it got started. Why don't you elaborate a little? 
Well, what I was referring to was resistance back when Revelation did the, the payout stuff. But 23rd actually started when I got to my unit at Fort Drum. I joined the Army, and I was actually in the 23rd Military Police Company. And our call sign was Gunslinger. So that just kind of morphed into the 23rd Gunslinger Company. Okay. And we kind of tried to model ourselves after a lot of like Revelation, where we always revenge every attack kind of thing. I uh, was very immature, my 14, 15, 16-year-old, before I became an adult. So a lot of people gave us a hard time. You know, we got shot a lot which kind of made us a little resilient, but uh, it's been fun. We have a long history, long time. We fought a lot of wars against people much bigger than us. And uh, while we may not have always won, we've never surrendered. That I agree with. Uh, it's been, what was that, 12 years ago? Something like that since you started? Yeah, we, we started in 2009, in January. 2009, okay. Yeah. And in that, I mean, I feel like an old person now for saying short period of time, but... You guys became notable very quick and kind of carried it along with you as long as you lasted. Yeah, we kind of had one split up around 2000, when was that, 13, 2014. Mm-hmm. And that was actually what I was kind of hoping Goosey had his mic on because it was something that went down with Enemy of the State and the Syndicate. We were working with them on a bullet factory. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of bait and switched us at the last second. And then I lost everything overnight. So that's kind of what led to the downfall the first time. Yaz took it up after I left and started the Omega Soldiers, which was kind of like the offshoot of the 23rd for a little bit. But we brought it back last year. So we ha- we did have about a four or five year hiatus. Mm-hmm. Uh, we weren't running continuous operations since 2009. Okay. Yeah. The syndicate was never known for being <laughs> uh, particularly straightforward with their allies, I guess I would say. No, they used me a couple times. Yeah. I was trying to become a member so bad, and they knew it, so they <laughs> kept okay. baiting and switching me. Yeah, uh, that's why I was angry at Goosey in the chat. He didn't mention T.I. Well, T.I. owned all nine of T.S.'s bullet factories in the round where they ended up resetting, which is another crew that, yeah, it's, I wouldn't say, it is notable, but I would say it's more of a notorious crew. They had Goosey, they had Moxie, they had, at one point, Spine, DJ, but they accomplished a lot as a crew of eight people. I did ask him. Oh, some, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I did ask him some questions since he couldn't get his mic working. And he wanted to mention that, let's see, round five, they won the round and it wasn't even close. He also said they exploited so much cash into the game and cleaned it through Saban's roulettes that it forced a reset. So you got, yeah, you got the villain there, you got the hero there. You can kind of look at it both ways. Round 8, obviously, was EH and the Syndicate, which I believe also forced a reset. They shot everyone over boss for months on end. And let's see, it looks like nowadays they are seen several of them in Axes, and they retired at that point when Moxie passed away. Yeah, that's about all he said. It was founded in 2004, so yeah, they were... Right when the game got released, it sounds like, they originally called the TPC Syndicate because TPC Mike was the original founder and Goosey became the boss when Mike quit. It'd be awesome if he was here to say this himself, but I guess I'm going to have to do it for him. It's interesting, isn't it, how so many of the crews that we think of as being the most influential, the most dominating, they were all around from the beginning, really, of, you know, from right around the beginning. Mm-hmm. It's, can you really think of a crew of, that isn't rooted in 
uh, you know, the, the starting days or the starting rounds that is as dominating or as influential as Rev or as gun centers or as uh, the syndicate or the Deadly Alliance. They're all old school crews. They're really old. And Absolutely. There's just nothing. There's, there's no new crew that could ever really do anything that would hold a, hold a, a torch to any of these. I guess because everything's been done at this point and because, you know, the way to dominate, you can't really do it anymore. You can't kill every single account above boss just because you're bored. Right. I so, agree with that. You know, and you, you can't have all the bullet factories because bullets are so easy to get now and you can just, you know. Absolutely. It's, it's all been done now. So it's all of these massive crews that have totally written the history of bootleggers and they all started year one. That also has to do with the fact that in the beginning, your crew was, I mean, it was almost your real life family. Mm. Whereas these days, anyone's going to recruit anyone if they can make some revenue. It doesn't matter. Back then, like, the, I don't know what we have in TI anymore. Um, 15 people? I've known these 15 people since 2004, 2005. Like, you have that group where you would trust them with anything. And these days, that, that doesn't really happen. I think, though, a big part of that is the fact that a lot of us kind of were introduced to social media before social media. That's, well, that's true. Because we all had a chance to really interact with people all around the world. Like, I consider myself lucky to have played bootleggers because there's a lot of perspectives of people that don't live in America that I would have never known otherwise. And I think a lot of us kind of got that before Facebook and MySpace and everything kind of blew up. Oh, absolutely. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, because really, there wasn't such MySpace. But who the hell used MySpace? There was the, the, the first time you spoke to someone from another country was probably in the off-topic forum. Or probably, you know, when someone busted you and you said thanks, and then you got some response in gibberish or Dutch, whatever you call it. Um, it's that, that's a really interesting point, actually. That it's we we learn how to be citizens of the modern world on bootleggers. Isn't that kind of depressing, actually? But at the same time, kind of a badge of honor. No, I don't think it's depressing at all. I mean, I contribute a lot of success in real life to bootleggers. I can type super fast. I'm good at organizing uh, people. I'm good at leading as far as coming up with plans and things like that. Things that have helped me in my everyday life, you know? I think you I contribute that to bootleggers. You attribute that to bootleggers and not to serving in the military? Uh, well, a little bit of both, but as far as like setting up a website, like I learned how to set up a website when I was 14 because I had to mm. set up an off, you know, a UG forum and stuff like that for crews and stuff. like. I got into graphics design. I wasn't very good at it just because I saw all the beautiful art that people would make on here. I really do kind of contribute a lot of what's happened in my adult life to this, like, because we all kind of grew up on the game, you know? Yeah, definitely. The reason I learned Photoshop in the first place was to make my profiles. And I got paid to do that for nine years. It's, yeah, I mean, bootleggers opened up a lot of doors, I guess I would say. I had James building things for me for my business i had there's just a lot of things that wouldn't have ever happened in my life without bootleggers yeah and it's funny you mentioned that i you know i i became interested in web development by looking at bootleggers and by thinking hey this looks pretty cool even though it, you know it doesn't really but it's you know it's interesting i can play around with this and then i i thought myself html and i thought myself php and then that you know that me to a, a work relationship with you back then came up and you know that's kind of a hobby that was for a little while a job but yeah kind of to the same extent i a large part of my personality and a large part of who i am as a person i developed well i grew up with 
a lot of people I still talk to. You, you are my family. Um, and I spent a huge amount of my childhood on IRC, which is kind of dangerous, really. But yeah, so I, I agree. I think it's been foundational in making us the people we are. No, I don't think it's just that. So, like, I was super shy at school and didn't really speak to anyone. And I feel like bootleggers gave me that confidence, mainly because you have to, like, learn how to argue with people over stupid mm-hmm. stuff. But, like, in real life now, like, I became, like, a more um, confident person who wouldn't take as much crap. You know what I mean? Because from 15 years old, I had someone in another country, like, giving me pure, oh, I don't want to swear, just crap online, like, you know what I mean? So, like, now I'm just like, I don't think so, not going to come to that, like, maybe, actually, maybe that's a bad thing. I can agree with that. I get in arguments with people all the time on Facebook. They don't realize I've had an extra five years of practice. <laughs> yep. Agreed. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. What crews do we have left? I don't have anyone here well, for the Touching interview. on the point that you made earlier, though, or maybe it was James that made the point, or uh, Jamesy, right? Jamesy, yes, that it's uh, hard for a lot of new crews, but I think there are a couple examples of crews that have done so. Things like crews like uh, the royal family, you know, they it just takes time. They have to kind of implement themselves over a couple of years mm. because I think they've accomplished a little bit and they've been around long enough and they're strong enough and respected enough. And, you know, other crews like the Sacred Empire, Sacred Empire has been off and on around for the next last 10, 15 years as well. Oh, absolutely. I love Abu. But would you consider Sacred Empire a new crew? Like you said, 10, 15 years, they're not, they're not new to the game. Sort of... No, I was mostly referring to the royal family. Oh, I, I was making a separate point about the Sacred Empire. I'm with you, And the royal family, yeah. Um, you got Hadi, you got Teo. They kind of, how do I say this? They had prior crews that they kind of gleaned the knowledge necessary from. So they saw, they brought, they brought the best of... Yeah. All the previous experiences together. Exactly. An unstoppable machine of, you know. Yeah, they've, they're both players that have been around for, I think, was 14, 15 when she joined TI. And I know Hottie's been around just as long. So they they have that experience to know what is going to propel them ahead. Is it maybe because some people associate people with certain crews so when a crew goes away and they now like as a group go to a new crew and create like the royal family it doesn't seem like it's as significant because you know where they were originally kind of thing yeah, is that what you yeah. meant by that yeah i would agree with that absolutely i mean they're yeah, both it doesn't, really feel like it, it doesn't feel like a new crew it just feels like an old crew with a different name yeah they were both notable before they made trf so yeah anyone who's anyone in bl knows who they are and the fact that they they took the best parts of the individual crews they came from, yeah, they're now dominant. I mean, you can't really even compete. Question: What do you guys think about there being like seven hundred crews now? I kind of liked the sanctity of there only being ten kind of thing, and I don't know if I really like this new. I don't like it. Yeah, I would agree too. I I hate it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I just feel like you can't be like you can't stand out if there's seven hundred crews, you know what I mean? Like the fun of it as well was when you weren't in a crew or you had issues with crews, you could be in this crew that everyone had things on their profile for and everyone was shooting each other and you don't know where they came from. 
you didn't have to be on the crew page and it's just like the first example I think of a crew that seemed to just come out of nowhere and it seemed like a comic crew to me was the Knights and I feel like they absolutely just made a mockery of it really funny at the time because we had limited crews so it was everything was so serious and then they came along and then it started this new culture but I just feel like now you can have crew Bob's hot dog bar it's just like stupid it just takes some credibility away from people who are actually taking it seriously you mean it's not respectable when Ben has his own crew <laughs> just Ben in general <laughs> <laughs> just not just lead yeah. that's it I, I think the idea is an interesting one I think it kind of it's like cream rises to the top and if you're a crew worth anything you'll still be there in, in you know three months whereas if you're an absolute waste of time your crew will sit there for a week with no capo and then it will disband because you don't pay your ground so i think that's that's like a, a statement then so you know I, I kind of it's an interesting dynamic i don't know i'm not i, I totally get the point of it being a rare commodity and that a crew spot is a precious thing and if you want one you've got to shoot for it or you've got to pay for it whereas now yeah you kind of it's basically meaningless to say you're a crew on the stats because who isn't but i think it brings a new sort of dynamic of You've got to prove your worth a little bit as well, rather than just being, you know, you've got to sit there full of high ranks that are unkillable. I get that, but like the fun for me back in the old days was like when you get into a crew that you knew you were that like you knew other people were going to shoot for, you'd get all the way up to the council, you'd sit there holding the crew, and then they got shot, and then you uh, just sat there with their crew. You know what I mean? Like it was a big trophy at the time. Like you're sat there laughing in their face. While they've all been killed, and like you just let other people in, change the crew, and like that's yours. Yeah. I just feel like it was more of a prize. Yeah, actually, all right, I'll give you that one. I think inciting was easily the most exciting thing you could ever it's see. Oh, so good. It was so like good. when you, you'd be refreshing the, the, the statistics or the user online page, waiting for the name change. It's just, oh my god, they got incited. That's hilarious. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, I'll, give, I'll give you that one. Sorry, go on, Casey. I was going to say, I kind of can't change the dynamic. I noticed recently that we were recruiting some new recruits, and we got some really shitty applications. But we kind of talked about it, and we're thinking, like, is there even a risk to being insider anymore? What does it mean? What does it matter? If they want to click away and earn us money, I mean, thanks, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, yes. I don't think it's really a risk anymore, and I don't know if that's a good oh, thing. Okay. Yeah, 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 it makes no difference. Um, yeah, I should have done this sooner. I... I have about 130, 140 old crew pictures, old um, 300 by 300 images. There's, I've got like the Supremacy, Regulators, Spartan Warriors, uh, Syndicate, Red Front. Do you have mine so I can un not have to unencrypt my hard drive? Probably not, no. Hold on, I have to step away for a second. I've got Born to Kill, I've got, I've got the Knights, I've got Hands of Man Legion. I, I should have uploaded these because there's some Regulators, there's some really good old school pictures on here. I was hoping I could find the revelation picture that Cookie was after, but I can't find it. Um, I have got the one they're using now, though. I need to get this uploaded so that people can see it. My question yeah, is why? Good. Why? Yeah. Um, well, I had a help site for a while, and I just sort of yeah. had a format where people could upload mm -hmm. old pictures as just like a library of bootlegged history. And um, you don't have my TI pictures? What the fuck? Clearly no one cares about TI, Brandon. Oh, Sorry. Right. Ooh, self burn <laughs> I, I think Regs was my favourite crew. Like, I loved being in the Regulators. I felt like it was something special. Yeah. They were a little, yeah, a little too serious. I was too in there serious. as well. They weren't, they weren't serious, like, 
if you were part of the crew and you like knew them, like they were like friendly from an outside perspective was mysterious. Like no one could fuck with him, like oh, no one could mess with him or like talk to him because he was just very loyal to the regulators and all this stuff. But once you were in the crew and like got to know them. Like, it was a whole different thing. Like, everyone was a family. They ripped each other to pieces. And when we got taken out, because I was in the regs when we got taken out, to be UG with them and literally keep taking out crew after crew after crew with cheaters and being on, like, Lucky Bee's radio, like, talking about it, it was, it was pretty cool. That, that was my first crew. Really? Mm-hmm. It was, like, my 17th. <laughs> I was in the um, gallows unit, actually. It was Fink and Fate that brought me in there after, obviously, I was a regular and I And then they were, like, destroying the crew. And it was just, that was straight after Revs. I went from Revs to Regs and then Regs without Revs. So it was a bit, yeah, it was fun. Yes. I actually only had one crew until this, uh, or uh, until last, last round. One crew the entire time. It's impressive. I've got, yeah, but uh, we're friends. That's that's the point. We we uh, we knew each other so well, so we 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 couldn't leave. None of us. Yeah, we TI still won't let me leave. Held against your will. Yeah, no, <laughs> no. I don't know, but it, it it didn't feel right to just leave it. We had yeah. uh, it's it's been our baby since two thousand and four. Yeah, yeah. So we had yeah. to. It's the only way. The thing with me was because the IRC culture was so strong that my crew and my family was actually the whole of IRC. So, like, I yeah. didn't feel like I was moving from crew to crew. I felt like I was constantly, like, visiting people from IRC, and that was it. Like, I feel like that in itself is a crew. And everyone would, like, back each other up and, like, have banter all day. And, like, and especially when they went on team speak, we were just, like, super strong in that area. So that's what I did. I just visited everyone. Yeah, that's how James and I got to know each other was Uno and IRC. It was. It was um it was from a guy called Comedy who uh, I think I met on IRC and was part of the Invisibles. And I I've been trying for ages to get into Revelation and it just went up with me, even though I've been like a, a sycophantic groupie in IRC for months at that point. And uh, it was just like, No, it's not gonna happen, we hate you, go away. And then <laughs> and then Comedy introduced me to you, Emil, and we just sort of I don't know, clicked. I think it was probably we just had just playing Uno. I think. I mean, we're both nerds, so it kind of fit. Yeah, yeah, and then it was just like, "Hey, can I join your crew?" Yeah, welcome aboard. <laughs> How much do you regret that decision? Yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm okay with it. The only decision that probably didn't work out in the best in our favor would have been TGF, which we got Anna, John. That's it. That's still with us. But yeah, oh, that yeah, was. Try those things, yeah, we got three crews merging. I mean, you're gonna have some issues. All right. But do you, do you want to? Should we take this moment, Emil, to talk about the Invisibles because you are a key figure in the history of the Invisibles? Do you want to talk about how it started and what you feel its legacy is in the in the game? <laughs> I so was. After the, I was in the Regulators. I left and joined. Pentarchy V.02 or whatever it was, which Shauna is now a member of TI. She was the boss of Pentarchy. I'm not really sure what caused it, but she ended up wiping her own crew. Oh, that's not Yeah. Uh, so I started Absolute Penthouse three or four weeks later that I died. I had no idea why. Never, Nobody ever talked to me, nothing. And when I revived... Brown Eyes messaged me 
and told me it was because my council member pissed her off somehow, which was Andy, which was one of the mods at the time. So Ange had Hani. Ange's brown eyes. Brown eyes, yes. Brown eyes had Hani, which is a member of TRF currently. Shoot me. And somehow we got to talking and basically decided to merge crews. I had, I don't know, a dozen from Absolute Penthouse. She had, I think, like 15 in the Illuminati. So we merged. And a few weeks later, we got to be friends with Alitarial and Spamarana, which is Anna. And we invited them in to join. And so, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was like May of 2005 that the three crews merged. And it uh, must have been three or four months later. Elitarial decided she didn't care for it, so she left, and we've been the Invisibles ever since. I mean, we kept, I think, 10 members of the Gambino family, 10 or 12 from Absolute Penthouse, and I want to say it's like 10 from the Illuminati. And yeah, we, I mean, we basically operated like it was Revelation. We didn't care that we died, it didn't matter, and we have a good, had a good time ever since. I've just shared into... Uh... Yeah, I mean, there's there's so much more you could have said there, Emil. There's you know the uh, the sort of the, the accomplishments and the achievements that the Invisibles have made, but then um, you know no one really wants to listen to you much longer because you're very boring. Um, I've just shared in uh, Discord. Oh no, not after that. That's annoying. Um, I've just shared in Discord the list of images, and I'll make it available so it can be shared to the listeners as well. Jesus uh, Christ. The old free pictures, just because that might give you a bit of nostalgia as you look through and see names long gone. That is a lot of images. Yeah, it's about 100 130 or something. Yeah, that's quite a trip down memory lane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Think how much of our lives this represents as well. Hmm. 15 to 33? But anyway, yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, the so the Invisibles, I didn't realize it was that, that soon after the foundation that Alitaria left. I thought, because I, I remember her leaving, I thought the crew had been around much longer before I left. No. Before I joined, rather. Well, oh, okay. So I really have been part of it since its inception, more or less, really. Yeah, more or less. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, you even have the Syndicate, Absolute Zero in here. Yeah. Revelation, Regulators. Black Horde. Huh. Yeah, yeah, Black Horde. I was so just talking to Tycho earlier today about the Black Horde. I invited him to this buzzcast. He, I don't think he replied. That's a revelation, actually. Event Horizon, if you want to talk about Event Horizon, because everyone loves that. <laughs> they were never my biggest fans, but yeah, they are definitely a notable crew in history. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, Betty B. Probably a crew with the most longevity as well. It felt like up until recently, they were constantly around. They were constantly you know, at the when, top. Yeah, and you know, when other names would come and go, Event Horizon was always there. Always. So far, I have found two prior crews that I created on this list. I'm trying to see if I can find more. I'm, I'm fairly, I must have more than this as well. I don't know where they've all gone. I'm kind of angry there's no TI picks. <laughs> I can only find two. That sucks. No, but I think there's quite a few. Like the family as well. We talked about the syndicate, but the family is another crew or another group of guys that's very much like them. Absolutely. Uh, if anyone does have any more pictures, any uh, crew profile images that are worth sharing for posterity, uh, there's the old League Up picture that I just noticed as well. Um, Please let me know. Send it to Jamesy, J-A-M-E-S-Y, because uh, I'd love to have it, just so I can maintain a reasonable library. Of, oh, there's Pentucky V.02. Yep. Um, yeah, I'd love to have a, some kind of, this is like a big four history of the game. You don't have um, any of TI, though. Well, probably, you know, 
Probably because I have my own server at the time. Probably, yeah. Well, and it's, a lot of this is it's either someone, Mike Harris, funny enough, Jiren from, which is probably not how you pronounce his name, from Revelation. He had a, a help site that had all of these pictures on, and then he ended his, he gave them all to me, and then I set up a thing that let people add on their own so they could submit it, and I'll check that it's not porn or something weird, and I'll be like, yep, that's a real picture, it can go on. So mm-hmm. this is a, some of that, and then some of the people have submitted as well. Yeah, Mr. Hansmann's Legion, Claire Cusio. Yeah, you can and have well, a little bit of everything here. I mean, it took me absolutely no effort. It was just have a server. But it's still, it's really interesting, you know, looking back and just thinking, God, all these huge names that, at the time, were so important to the game and were such, so influential. Definitely. Some of them have just gone, or they've become other names and fallen by the wayside. Pay money if you had the Candy Cane TI profile. It's, it's, it's over, Hamill. You just have to move on. I've, I guess. Right, let's see where are we at here. Coasty, <laughs> I'm so sorry. Oh, three. I found three now. <laughs> we are... I totally derailed the conversation. I'm so sorry. Yeah, we are at uh, 43 minutes into this. Sure, I'll probably edit it down to like 12. That's, <laughs> that's, oh, that's, that's fine. <laughs> what about... Would it be worth, I don't know if you've still got more to, to say, Hemel, but what, if, what about if we maybe go around the group and just sort of say maybe the one crew that sticks in our memory as being the, the most influential, you know, just even the one that is, you know, you, you close your eyes and think of a crew and the first name that comes to your mind. All right, go for it. if there's any consensus, yeah. You first. Oh, well, don't do that to me. It's got to be Event Horizon. I just, I know, you know, maybe because I've been talking about it, but it's just, that is such a, they've got such longevity had. For sure. As far as who would, who I modeled myself after, it would be Revelation. I mean, there's no question. They were the crew that gave no fucks. They were the crew that 90% of bootleggers feared. That is who, to me, is the crew that won the game while they were there. Cliffy? Uh, I would say the Deadly Alliance. They were um, a very strong and powerful crew back in the day, and I don't know. For some reason, I always looked up to them, the way they played. They had a completely different play style than we had, but uh, also a crew you, you didn't fuck with. Definitely. They were also one of the first first yeah. three, I think. Of course, the Black Horde. Um, they were the first one to kill me, so I will always remember, remember them for that. That would do it. That was in 2003, actually. Very, very old. Very old. <laughs> I think, actually, they killed the entire game that, that time. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, really? even then, in 2003. In December 2003, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I started in December 2003, and this was just a few, I don't know, days, maybe a week after. Coasty. What about you, Coasty? Yeah, no, about Coasty. What do you think? I'm going to have to cop out and say two. The first one was the first one I joined, was uh, The Plague with Lexan. I remember when I first started playing, I thought he was like a god. He knew everything. He knew all. <laughs> <laughs> I quickly learned that uh, while they were a good crew, they weren't necessarily around for the long haul. But otherwise, I would say the supremacy. That's the first time I was in a crew where I saw it extremely organized. Uh, there was very good control by the leadership, and all the everybody was active, and the crew forum was hopping all the time. So I would say probably for me it would be the plague and the supremacy. With Panu and Luck be a lady. Okay, so flipping on his head then, which crew do you think, you know, it, it started and it was like, bang, we're here, we're this crew. And then they just ended up being a total knock, and they just thought... What a waste of time. Why did you even bother? Is there, are there any crews like that that come to mind? Swag ass. <laughs> <laughs> you stole my answer. That's not fair. <laughs> I mean, 
Ben was originally supposed to be on this interview because I wanted to talk to him about that. Yeah. He wanted to trash talk him. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the I one would I would think of. Any crew I started before I started the 23rd kind of showed up, got shot, and we disappeared. <laughs> <laughs> you loved every failure. You, you took every failure, and it, it made you a better, better crew leader, a better player. So, you know, it wasn't a waste of time. It was just you perfecting your craft. Yeah. James, what's yours? Yeah, do you know what? I should have had an answer, but I should have really since Probably. I yeah, I don't know. Would it be mean to say the Invisibles? <laughs> Please don't hard cake me. I haven't had the yeah. crew in, I don't even know how long, so that's probably not probably my choice. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't really have an answer. I can't remember that far back. It was, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an answer. It's, I think every, every crew I've ever been part of, I was part of Revelation for a bit, because I... I eventually managed to trick you guys into thinking that I was actually worth having around. I've been part of the Invisibles now for, oh God, 14 years? Yeah, right around there. Yeah, I was part of the Royal Family for about, no, 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 the Royals for about five seconds. Yeah, you know, I every crew I've ever come across, well, and then I was part of, you know, that other crew. Every crew I've come across has had value in its own way, but I certainly feel most at home in the Invisibles. Because kind of because it feels like I would felt like the revelation RC and it's just you just having a rap with mates and then and now then you've got to revenge your death or you know you just get bored and drop a creep for no reason. Absolutely. We're waiting on Cliffy. We really do need to do that again soon. Wait what? Drop to crew. We haven't done that in a while. We should do that again soon. Yeah, it's uh yeah. We have what, six days to wait? Cliffy? Yeah, no, I I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question, actually. Uh, I haven't. I'll, I'll, I've got one. I've got, I'm so sorry, Cliffy, to interrupt. Save the whales. What <laughs> an absurd thing that was. It, I think they existed just to be into whales, didn't they, really? Yeah, that was Lennon, right? I, I, I can't remember, but all I remember of that crew is I thought, you're a joke. What a waste of time. I'm so sorry to any members who are actually diehard, but, you know, that's, that's what I'm so sorry for interrupting, Cliffy. What were you going to say? No, I, I don't actually have any crews uh, <laughs> that I could name that way. But I'm sure if we, if we look at the crew list right now, there is probably plenty of them that just shows up and goes away in the same Yeah, yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, back uh, in, in the mid-2000, that never actually happened because there were only 10 crew spots and uh, uh, they were taken back uh, quickly. Absolutely. Well, even, I'm sure I remember a time when there were 70 crew spots. Am I remembering that rightly? I certainly remember there being 40. Yeah, I remember there being 40. Yeah, and even then, it felt like every single one deserved its place on the stats. It wasn't, none of them were there, you know, and you thought, why are you still a crew? And every single name was a huge name. Yardies, Deadly Lines, The Triad, Event Horizon, and it was, that was when there were 40 spots. But then I suppose there were a lot more players and probably a lot more dupes. Even the ones that get top 10 revenue periods, I would say half of them matter. Mm. As a crew with 15 people, we can still drop five of the top 10 by the rankings. I mean... Most of them at this point are there to gain revenue. They don't want to fight. They don't want to do anything to screw up the revenue. They're not yeah. really a threat. Is that something that bothers you, though? That the measuring stick now has become revenue as opposed to before it was just about respect. It was about power. It was about who 
you know, theoretically, there was actual debates in the game forum about who's more powerful, who's going to win what war and why, and now it seems like nobody wants to shoot anybody. Yeah, I have a problem with that. <laughs> I mean, revenue is awesome. That's great. You can get that. But I also know what top crews are spending to get that revenue. Like, you're, you're barely coming out ahead, and you are backing down against every opponent you could potentially have just to keep that revenue. That it seems kind of cowardly to me. Well, it's interesting as well that you know the, the revenue system is a way to to gauge success and to gauge how successful a crew is. The new aim of the game, which is to raise money. But the previous metric for that was how old is how long has your crew spot been around, and are you at the top of the list of crews? Because if you are, it means no one's been able to kill you or drop you. Absolutely. Uh, so. That there was, you know, it's not, you can't really look at a crew and say you, your spot has been around for the entire round at this point. You must be absolutely untouchable or the most loved people on the game. For sure. All it means is that you're able to scrape together one and a half million every week to make sure you don't drop. Yep. So there's definitely a very different shift in how how we measure the success and the, yeah, the, the respect that a crew has. It's not measured in bullets and in body count anymore. It's measured in... You know, how, how little life they have and how much time they're able to spend out of the sack, crying away and doing no season resetting the timers. Absolutely. Almost 55 minutes. So we're going to end this here. The people of Bootleggers, thank you. This is Himmel. Uh, we're signing out. And now I have to pee really, really bad. All right, and that'll wrap up the interview that Himmel had discussing cruise of the past and a little trip down memory lane. I'd like to apologize to anyone who feels that segment was a little long. If it makes you feel any better, it was over an hour long before I got a chance to edit it. Now for our next segment, we're going to transition into more of the present, where Vio got an opportunity to sit down with Ants, or ATZ, the person who has been ranking like a crazy person. Now at the time of the interview, Ants had just ranked up to respectable boss. Obviously, that's a little out of date considering the rank he has attained currently. However, the questions that Vio asked was more about how he got started and how he got so far ahead, more than it is a tracker of his current status. Keep in mind that this segment is just under 6 minutes long, so if you want to get to the third segment, now you know how long you need to fast forward for. Without further ado, I give you Vio. Hi, my name is Vio, and today I have with me a guest called Atst. He was the first to rank to boss, and I'm very excited to hear a bit about his journey. So first, Atst, can you tell us a bit about yourself? So yeah, I'm Atst. I'm a member of the XC's crew. I'm Belgian, and I'm a quite the old school player, probably most known as Smooth, Black Priest, or Ozaki Last Round. That's cool. How was last round for you? Uh, started off quite fast, a bit similar to this one. Went on a shooting rampage. Um, <laughs> and from then on, it went very quietly. First time of life got in the way as well. Happens. So you were not in XD's last round? I was part of Dutch Ink back then. Okay. I just wanted to give some credit to XD's because apparently they were a bit insulted by a comment I made last round when I didn't give them enough credit for their amazing efforts with their revenue period. They 
absolutely smashed it in the last one and i think everyone was just in awe of what they achieved so here is your credit xds and now you're a member of it too so it's obviously a really good gang you're you've joined very much so we've uh, ex had a lot of history with xds as well with dutching i had many experiences and they've always been friends we're looking forward to this round as well that sounds really good so in regards of your ranking did you like what preparations have you done? What was your thoughts going into this? Um, honestly, I prepared quite late for the round as I stopped last round quite early. I took a big ass break and I just came back like a week before the update came. So with, basically when the news came out and a few hours before the round started, I joined XTs. I um, barely had any preparation, to be honest. Really? I think yeah. I noticed you like immediately and I was like, how is he doing it so fast? So how were you doing it so fast? Uh, I got lucky with the first loot box, which had a decent amount of money in it, and went on a gold buying rampage. Um, once the, gold, <laughs> the, the boost bikes went out, I travel reset it on cooldown. Bought a lot of experience there, and uh, early ranks helped a lot with the amount of crates carried, with, which is uh, a big ass difference in the early ranks on. Sounds good. So now you're a respectable boss, right? I am indeed. Two days into the new reset. So what do you have planned from now on? Like, are you going for first Eldon or? Um, it'll all depend on how personal life gets in the way. I've had a few days off at start, which allows me to go this fast. Um, oh, okay. Any future plans is all depending on work. Oh, I guess that happens to all of us. Do you think there are any downsides to being the first boss? I'll probably be the first starting to die. I'm sure it <laughs> You think so? History, if history repeats, yes, it will. <laughs> well, you own quite a lot of properties too, right? Uh, yes, I guess four at the moment. Four at the moment. Is that the maximum you've hold, held? I just sold a roulette as well. I got quite lucky today. I think I busted three today. <laughs> Someone is more lucky than others, it seems. It's okay. We will forgive you. Someone, someone's going to shoot you probably before this comes out. <laughs> no, not, actually not. Not before if I shoot him. <laughs> no, no, no. I have no plans for now. So how do you think, like, how did your crewmates support you through ranking? Did you work together or was it a solo effort? I think the early ranks up until Hitman is mostly a solo effort as it's, there are no OCs yet. So it's basically all crime, yeah. spending, boost, traveling. So it's actually just time spent in the game. Or like, okay. I view plays in the games that I call it, but once I hit Hitman, it all became a crew effort. Yeah, that makes sense. So to someone who's uh, quite new to the game of the listeners, what would you, uh, what, what advice would you give them? Every click you can do on a page, according to me, grants experience. Um, if you combine all the min-maxing, you can get quite a leap. Um, boost runs is more important than you think. It's a good answer. Okay, then. Give us your honest opinion. What do you think about period, uh, about round 10? To be honest, I'm quite liking it, contrary to a lot of people, as you can see in the forums. I have a very different opinion about it. In my opinion, it is just the pace of the game that has changed. There will be a lot more faster shootings. People will rank, rank up way faster. Um, properties will fall. Crews will rotate. It's just an overall faster gameplay. And claiming that gold changed at the start of the game, I don't agree. All it needed was the first 15 minutes to be in game and you could have had 1k gold. That's basically my opinion. I'm liking it so far. It might be because I'm rank one with the highest <laughs> so far, but I'm, I'm loving it. 
only well, the so how much uh, like how many hours do you think you put in this far first 36 hours i didn't stop i think um, oh wow then i slept 45 minutes playing work 10 hours <laughs> and then eventually i slept for 10 hours i overslept my mission time i overslept my oc time and i felt hurt a little bit <laughs> well i think i think you've done your part for now at least for now more to come <laughs> that's really nice to hear well i think that was all my questions do you have anything you want to say or anything you want to ask me i don't really think so to be honest oh, oh yeah awesome. maybe, maybe i oh, do yeah. to the communities why are jack so expensive man nobody plays them they're unbustable <laughs> I, I don't know i'll make sure to add it to the questions and answer segment uh, that flames will host that's a good idea <laughs> okay thank you so much for joining You're happy welcome. ranking it was very nice thank you <laughs> Thank you. All right, that'll wrap up Vio's interview with Ants. A quick interview, but a concise interview, and I feel like we learned a lot about the player. Now, coming up, we're going to go ahead and transition into Kelly Boy's segment, which mostly addresses the future of bootleggers. This week, he has Flames, K Devo, and Vio cornered as he asks some of the more pressing questions that needed to be addressed going into round 10. So without further ado, I give you Kelly Boy. Welcome for those people listening to the, the buzz card for the second time. This is the second round of Q and A's. I'm Kelly Boy. Um, we've got Flames and we've Woo! got Dave, the new latest moderator to BL. Mm. Hello, hello, hello. And I believe we have Vio here with us as well. Correct? Yes, that's correct. Hi. Good. good. Just before we start, first of all, congratulations, Dave. Thanks well done. very much. In the role. Just to clarify one thing, how do you pronounce your username on BL? Yeah, <laughs> that's an interesting one. So I think most people would pronounce it as K Dave O, but I actually originally wanted it to sound like K Dave O. Um, but I'm happy with either. Just stick with Dave. Most people do. I don't mind too much. You should you should use the new use change username tool. Uh, just change it to Dave, maybe. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. if you want to keep the O, you could have O Dave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I quite like that. Actually. <laughs> Good one, good one. Um, right, so cracking on because I know we're, we're pushed for time. First question aimed at you, Flames. Okay. Could you summarize what main changes we actually now see in round 10? Yes, I can. I mean, like Kyle gave a pretty good update of what the changes were on the forum. But the main one really was that rackets were overhauled. So this really, you get like a new type of influence. And then that influence, really, it's you sort of similar to the energy model for crimes. You can now you can now tailor which rackets that you want to start. And obviously, as you uh, increase your rank, you gain more influence and access to different rackets. And also, they, they now stay in the city that you started them in. So different cities can have different profitabilities. We also did the first step towards overhauling GTAs. So this round, you saw the auto burglaries became... Uh, we had a, a few changes. Basically, now we've got this concept that you can steal cars off other players. 
so that's basically different cars you can get from the different GTA that you pick. So the one that's steal from a street, basically that's uh, you're stealing cars in circulation in the game. So that's other players' cars that they haven't put in a garage. So that's a nifty step forward. The cars also don't really have this concept of heat anymore. So you don't really need to change plates much. So the the idea being is that, I mean, last round it was a bit crazy because players were just hoarding hundreds and hundreds of cars. We obviously felt that cars probably shouldn't be like a major currency in the game. So that's one of the reasons why that was changed. So yeah, now really players are going to be sort of forced to deal with their cars immediately. So the idea being that um, with some of the changes that are upcoming, you're either going to use them for your personal car, use them in OCs, you're going to melt them immediately, you're going to put them in a garage if you want to keep them. Because if you don't do any of that stuff the likelihood is that it's going to be stolen by somebody else. So that's pretty cool. What's um, the, mm-hmm. sorry, just staying on that GTA subject. Yeah. Is there a, is there a percentage of likelihood? Like, let's say I've got 150 cars. Am I more likely to have my car stolen than someone who's got 10? Or is it just completely random across the board? You know what? That's a super question. I actually don't even know the answer. Um, but I can try and find you an answer for the next time we do a Q&A session. Yeah, I have no idea. As far as I know, that it's completely random. So it doesn't really, it's not, I don't know if it selects from the pool of cars available or selects from just a random username, regardless of how many cars that person has. So actually, I don't know how that works. Right. Okay, cool. Anything else that you can summarize on 10 or? So really, there was just some tweaks to certain values, so crimes, payouts, bodyguard pricing. The bodyguard pricing has really been offset by the way that rackets work now. So because they're like a continuous earner, the idea is that if you want to run rackets, because you can run rackets 24-7, you could then offset the cost of running a bodyguard 24-7. Or if you didn't feel under threat, then obviously you can keep the rackets as pure profit. So that's the idea. So those two things sort of balance out. And we also have the city and booze types have been changed so that they're a bit more in theme to the game. And that's about it, really. Oh, and sorry, the last thing is that we we now have this concept of crew books. So now when you first start a crew, the person originally creates it has this item on hand called crew books. And it just means that they're ultimately always able to gain back control of the crew from the capo whenever they want. Um, It will work across rounds. And it also means that crew names are now completely unique. So even if that crew essentially gets shot or whatever, nobody else can ever pick that name because only the owner of the crew books can ever start it again. Ah, okay. That's decent, I suppose. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Perfect. Right, number two. This is for both of you, because I want to kind of see what you're both experiencing across, especially you, Dave, being new to the kind of moderator. But what is the impression of the feedback from the players since the start? And I know we're seeing it across the forums completely, but from from both your point of view, what what's your impression? Okay, sure. I'll fire away with this one. So... The feedback that we've received so far, the general feel from players, hasn't been entirely great, as you can see. There's a lot of topics out there. I think Riot released a topic, quite a long one. I'm not sure if you had the opportunity to read it yet, which kind of really sums up a lot about how people are feeling, kind of our approach on it. The general gist is really that people are quite unhappy that there was bugs at the beginning. Um, obviously, there's the situation where gold was released right at the beginning of the round, whereas beforehand it's usually been a delayed effect. I do feel that um, 
that specific point has been probably the the biggest point that's been made so far. The other part of it really is that at the beginning, a lot of players were using the the booze and gold reset. So we did obviously fix that with the increase of gold price. But I feel that there's obviously a few players out there that did miss out on doing that. And there was a lot of players that did it a lot. So I think there's a bit of unhappiness there between the the players in the fact that some people managed to maximise out of it and probably gain a huge amount of gold and money and others they didn't have the opportunity obviously from my side starting off new and fresh i'm on the side of really that there's a situation there's a problem of course in the long run we wish we had a bit more time to do the testing but it's done and we're just trying to really find a way to fix the problem and if we left it then obviously the inflation of the game would be absolutely through the roof and the general gameplay for the entire player base pretty much be pretty naff so we had to fix it it's not ideal for everyone but i think in the long run it'll work better because we need to make sure that it works for everyone and we got to think about the majority of the player base yeah yeah so for me like you're talking purely about what i feel the community thinks i think it can probably be summed into like three things number one is you should have done more testing you should have seen it coming number two is you've massively screwed the economy and uh, number three is probably uh, the start of this round has sort of had it like its value diminished because everybody loved the sort of typical gameplay that you get after the start of a round. So probably a bit of um, frustration. So it's probably equal parts frustration and disappointment and anger. So not a good start, really. Well, following on to that, then, this is just directly at you flames because obviously Dave's just kind of coming at the start but no we can blame Dave <laughs> I'll tell you what let, let's see if we can answer it then um, what, why, why so many bugs and things going wrong with parts of the game that were kind of fully functioning before the reset yeah this is with any like piece of t- anything that's like technology based for any- I know that a lot of the community are involved in this sort of thing in their personal lives there's this concept of something called like regression testing it's basically like you release something new you can pre- you can break other stuff that previously worked um it's a simple case of um you need to do an awful lot of testing time to make sure that you're not fixing one thing and breaking another um in some cases i'm sure there are plenty of people that work in it on bl and they will understand that without doing a lot of that comprehensive testing you can break you can fix one thing and break seven other things um so it's a simple case of the amount of effort you put into testing so if that's the case then why wasn't the, the testing done beforehand Ah, that's a great question. It comes uh, with with some of these things. You move at pace. You want to get things out in time. And yeah, this um, that's in in some respects that's probably a mistake for the start of this round. But you know, I, I, you have to balance that out with the fact that you want something to be on time. You've got an awful lot of new content. You'd end up taking a small amount of risk, which is that the amount of time to test some of this stuff can take weeks and weeks to test all the features to the nth degree that you would need to not experience any bugs. Um, really what we've uh, with the position that we're in now we're obviously feeling the effects of that which is that Kyle has since since the round has started Kyle's pretty much had his head down working from a list of yeah. like 50 things so it bite, it bites you on the other end so sometimes you can get lucky uh, we didn't get lucky right okay cool well 
following on from that, the next question, this is aimed at both of you. You can start, Flames. Um, okay. Are there any ch any changes that you disagree with or that, in hindsight, you wish were done differently? I mean, yeah. You can't you can, you can, can, can disagree with something. <laughs> oh, no, I disagree with loads of stuff all the time. Um, so the bootlegging values were just a crazy spike. So I think that the actual release of gold is what I don't believe is the root cause of the issue. So I think you can open up gold to be used early on. There is some argument around time zones, but the thing is that people are going to start using it inevitably anyway. The, mm -hmm. the, the issue was that there was just a huge amount of opportunity for the travel resets and the gold spikes. Those two things working together just meant that so many people had um, a massive opportunity to capitalize on that. At the end of the day, whichever way you look at it, it was available to a lot of people. So a lot of people capitalized on it. Would I do anything differently? I mean, in some respects, that probably would have happened on day three anyway. But I think if I would have done anything differently, probably would have been a balance. between. So you've got you've got two things you've got on one side, you've got a lot of testing effort up front, which delays the reset. And on the other side, you've got a huge amount of work needs to do on bug fixes after the reset. We were obviously on the side of the bug fixes after the reset. Mm -hmm. And so if you if you were to like imagine that as like a seesaw, what would I do differently? I'd probably suggest that we went more in the middle. So more more right, work up yeah, front. Yeah. yeah, so like half the work can be done up front and maybe you've got some bugs afterwards, but it should yeah. be a bit more balanced. Right, okay, perfect, perfect. What about you, Dave? For me, buddy, in all honesty, I think that the main thing is testing. You know, I don't think we had ample enough time to really test some of the features that, you know, had bugs. And we'd have probably found that, you know, you could reset your timer and create a huge amount of money from booze runs and that sort of thing. But, you know, like Flames mentioned, the, we wanted to hit, from what I understand, a time frame in making sure this reset happened on the day that we wanted it to happen. So that was the ultimate fall and the fact that we wanted it to be done on this specific day and everyone was excited for it. And maybe in hindsight, if it was delayed by a week or so, it may have sort of caught a few things that were picked up on at the start of the round. Um, so for me, only testing really, because I think that would have just fixed a fair few problems that we didn't really forecast would happen until they actually happened yeah, yeah. Well, and if we could have done anything else differently as well i would have tried to like facilitate things so we made dave a scapegoat um <laughs> because i just feel like you know we really could have like manufactured that situation a lot and yeah we just didn't even bother but i mean i just want to blame dave well dave so going going to you then dave since how has it been turning green like Yes, so, during a hectic time as well, and, and a reset and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so the first few days, I'd say, were were pretty hectic. Like Flames mentioned, it was mainly reporting bugs, trying to fix them. We had a huge influx of help desk tickets that came in. So, you know, with me not really knowing any of the mod control panel, how to use things, I just really helped out where I could because at the beginning, I appreciated that the, the priority was to get these problems fixed. So, I didn't want it to be all about training Dave on, you know, all these new tools, that, that kind of could wait. So I just helped out where I could. There was tickets that I could answer. There were boot mails that I got in where, you know, I could answer those or sort of push them forward to the, the other moderators or even on Kyle on certain occasions. So 
that was the first part. It's now, as things are starting to settle down, becoming a bit easier. I've received a bit of training from pretty much everyone. They've been really supportive. I'll be, I'll be totally honest with you. Um, they've been fantastic. Um, what I was really impressed at, in all honesty, was the fact that when this reset happens and the problems did arise, I really got to see how close the team are and how quick they were to jump on all of these problems. And that includes Kyle as well. Everyone worked really hard to try and fix things as soon as possible. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm really enjoying it, buddy. You know, I've got a lot to learn. I've learned a fair few things along the way so far, but uh, it's still early days. But uh, I am quite happy um, but with it, obviously. I was quite thrilled with the idea. I just hope that I can add some value further down the line. Yeah, well, good luck and, uh, yeah, fingers crossed. Cheers, buddy. Appreciate it. Good, good. Uh, well, Flames, back to you. Okay. This question come up during ATS or ATZ, however he wants his name pronounced, and during his interview the with... super ranker. That's yes, ranker him. with an R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thanks for clarifying that. No worries. Um, he, he'd done an interview with Vio, um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's a question I've never really thought about, but Right. Why are jacks so expensive? Like they're unbustable, and no one plays them. Why? 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 Why are they so expensive? What you mean, like player to player cost? Well, yeah. I mean, is that, so someone will say, "Oh, it's four thousand gold for a jacks," and you're like, "Pardon?" Well, I have no involvement in setting player to player costs or what people value them at. Uh, why would you if... think then? Let's re- let's reword it. And why do you think they're? I don't know. I mean, in chaos, I actually held one of every casino in Las Vegas, and um, the idea was because everyone was getting killed so quickly, people couldn't enjoy gambling. So I held one of everything. I put five hundred mil in each. My jacks was the first thing to get busted out of all the casino types. So it is possible. It's a waste um, of a question. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that being said, if they are more than the other types of casinos that must be that people are assuming that they're tougher to bust i mean there it is it, um i guess there is a one to 800 for royal flush but it's extremely unlikely to hit a royal flush so i guess with jacks you typically end up going around i mean if, if i guess if you i actually don't know the stats off the top of my head but i mean kino you can get what a ten thousand times payout yep. um jacks is only a ceiling of 800 it would be interesting to know what the stats are between those two things in terms of likelihood so i don't know i guess it's probably something around that perhaps people feel safer holding one they're able to make more cash there is a bit of a balance with that though isn't there because if people know if, if the bank if the if the casino owner feels safer because it's not getting busted but also the gamblers must be playing it thinking that they're not getting as much return so it probably balances out i honestly don't know why uh, people would value them more or less than other things yeah it's just it's just i've always thought it was a tricky one because holding a holding a blackjack you can earn enough in a quicker time but the player can can obviously win in a quicker period of time if you used to use the stats of the jacks kind of being jacks or better hitting a two pair i'm not too sure what the stat or ratio is but you're more likely and for a gambler. Obviously, a gambler just wants to see money all the time, winning. Whereas with a jacks, you're not. So that's why I think people are questioning why they're so valuable. If I don't know, I went to Las Vegas with my friends like last year, and I just lost at every single casino completely. Every like, regardless of which game I played. So for me, it's all the same. <laughs> why not? <Happy> <laughs> <laughs> um, right. So. 
Last question for you then, Flames, because I know we've pushed for a bit of time. But mm. to give everyone a bit of good news then, I suppose, seeing as though everyone in the forums is, is kind of slating the game and the, where it is now. Yeah. If, if you can answer this, please yeah. do. But what is going to be the next edition slash improvement that the players are going to see? Whether that's something being added to the game, whether that's an overhaul of something or... Yeah, so I don't know exactly the timelines, but the... The uh, obviously we're going to have a Halloween event pretty soon, so that's going to be pretty fun. There's some new stuff in that, uh, so that should be pretty awesome. Can you um, can you give mm. us something in that? I've literally started testing it about one hour ago, so I it's way too new for me to like uh, give <laughs> you anything like juicy gossip or anything on it. Definitely builds on. It's definitely got some new stuff in it that did it from last year, so it's not just a carbon copy. Obviously, the look and feel of the events are starting to have a bit of consistency. That just means that we can get the events out quicker. But there, there, there is some new content in there that looks like it'll be really fun. In terms of the new features, GTA is going to continue to get its overhaul. So I would, I would, I think it's highly likely that the GTA overhaul will be the next thing. It will end up following an energy model, same as crimes. And also we'll build on, essentially we'll build on not just the GTA in terms of stealing the cars, but the way that you use the cars. Um, one thing that's probably bumped up the priority list is that this concept, actually a few Buzzcast episodes ago, we spoke about this concept of you could have two different methods of travel. You could travel in your own personal car and the different cars would have different capacity limits. Mm-hmm. And you would also be able to travel by train. So you couldn't travel, uh, you couldn't carry any booze when you're traveling by train, but it would get to your destination quicker. And so I think that given what's happened at the start of this round with bootlegging, that has probably gone up the priority list. So I think the two next fe- the two next feature overhauls will be GTA, how do you get cars, and then cars as a thing, which is how do you use them. They're, those will probably be the two next things. Right, okay, Dave, perfect. Um, cool. Right, last question. We're going to fly this across the veil, put her under pressure under pressure a little bit. Um, <laughs> we, we spoke about obviously Dave being moderator and, and getting the job and, and kind of like during the hectic time, but do help desk operators go through any training or even an interview to ensure that you kind of know a little bit more about the game rather than just being someone that's been around for let's say 15 years <laughs> i think dave covered it a bit that most of what i've learned i've learned by asking the moderators and yeah in the beginning they follow you really closely with like we go through all the tickets together and a lot of the honestly i don't know what like training i would have gone through i think the training of dying 35 times in one and a half (laughs) years is a pretty good (laughs) way to learn the missions and like learn most of the basics of the game of course there are some things that like all players have different player styles and my first task from flames was to write a, a text about each of the casinos which was the hardest thing i've ever ever done because i've never played any of the casinos so that was a great way to learn. And I actually busted my first jacks just a few weeks after that. And I'd never gambled on anything on bootleggers before. So Don't talk I about guess... busting a jacks. The value will come down. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry. I was very you just, proud. You, you just ruined Flame's answer to his question. <laughs> yeah. But in all fairness, he deserved to be busted. <laughs> 
Perfect. Well, thanks for that. Thanks to you all for joining. Um, I know that we've not done as many questions as possible. I just want the questions to be a bit different this time to kind of for the players to, and I know it's been a bit of a hectic time and players are just constantly going to be listening to questions about, you know, why is the game gone to the way it's gone? Why is this? Why is this rather than positives? But, you know, at least we'll see in the next couple of weeks that a few of the bugs will be sorted and, and the game will be back to kind of where it where it was. And people playing the game, and when when's killing back? Is it the sixth of November? Uh, yeah, the sixth. I think that was right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So we've only got till then until a few more people moaning on the forums about. Um... <laughs> so has anything changed to the percentages and the bullets on killing at all? No, no change to no. whack. No. So that's all right. Right. Okay. Happy days. No worries. Well, appreciate your time once again. That's Pretty sure. Time. The next lot of Q&As will be a bit different if there's been something introduced to the game. But, you know, we'll see with that. But thanks, Flames. Thanks, Dave. And thanks, Vio. Thank you very much. Yeah, awesome. cheers for having us, buddy. Good to see no you. No problem. No worries. Speak Have to you later, buddy. Have a good cheers, one. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right, and that's going to wrap up the first episode of Round 10 of the Bootleggers Buzzcast. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, if you want to yell at us or ask any questions, feel free to do so in the game forum, in the appropriate topic, or make your own topic or send me a message. Either way, input is something that we're looking for. Positive or negative, either way, As long as I can learn from it, I'm open to hear it. Keep in mind, you will be receiving these podcasts going forward every 1st and 15th of the month. You should be able to set your clock by it going forward. Until next time, I'm Coasty, and I'm out of here.